Archbishop Lucas, good to be with you again this afternoon. Thank you for the opportunity. It's great to be with you. Some people may not realize that every year the church marks a World Communications Day and the Pope releases a statement, as would make sense. In today's age, a lot of times uh, these statements from Pope Benedict and, and Pope Francis especially have centered on the use of digital communications, social communications, social media, and how to deal with these realities in a way that isn't uh, either just blithely ignorant of the pitfalls, but also uh, isn't afraid of them, uh, to use them for the common good. So we didn't mark World Communications Day when it happened last month in January, but uh, it seems like it'd be a good time to circle back and, and talk about that because communications is always a, always a factor of our life. So. Sure. The issues that would be addressed on World Communications Day, they're, they're issues all year long. Yep. So uh, they're worth addressing. And communication is right at the heart of the, of the mission and the methodology, you might say, of, of the Catholic Church. shouldn't surprise us to say that. Uh, Jesus himself is the Word made flesh. And the personal communication of our Heavenly Father uh, to us, his sons and daughters, about his saving plan for us. So uh, beginning with the coming of Jesus, but certainly long before then, as, as Revelation was inspired by the Holy Spirit throughout the uh, time leading up to, to the coming of, of Jesus, communication has been at the heart of God's relationship with us, his people. What first comes to mind for you as far as what the church needs to communicate or what we, her, her members and her stewards, need to communicate to others? We want to communicate Jesus. So we, we want to announce his coming and also his uh, living presence in the world, in the church, so we, people have an opportunity to, to meet him and to know him, to have life in him. And so we announce that opportunity and, and invite people to come to know him. He's entrusted to us the, uh, a share in his own mission given to him by the Father, which in, in large part amounts to announcing the, the good news of the kingdom of God. Another way of saying that is, what's God's loving plan for us? Uh, God wants to have a relationship with us, uh, does he want to clobber us? Does he want to punish us? Does he want to kind of scratch us off the, out of the book of life? What is um, God's attitude toward us? If we can talk about God having an, having an attitude. So Jesus is the answer in a very personal way, but provides the answer. We, could, we see already in, in his public ministry as he announces the kingdom of God and talks about what that means. It's really Jesus revealing to us, as only he can, the Son of God, revealing to us God's loving plan. And God's plan for us is for life and for more life, life in this world and life forever with our, with our sins forgiven. I mean, obviously we live, you know, those of us who are in the, the developed world have no lack of, of opportunity to receive communications of various sorts. We're in a media saturated environment, most of us. What challenges do you see there, especially as maybe it might've been different when you were first ordained and, and first uh, living out your ministry. In fact, before the turn of the century. Right, right. Yeah. Communication has evolved, as we're all aware. You know, if we've been around for more than a decade or so, yeah. uh, we, we've all seen it and experienced it, and we've had to, to adapt to it, which means there's a lot more communication. There's a lot more coming at us, and it's uh, noisy and immediate. And so the challenge for a preacher of the gospel or uh, for the church herself in communicating with their members and, and with the world is it's really the challenge of competing with all of the communication that we're receiving, trying to digest. And it's the challenge of, of communicating the unique event, the unique person that, that Jesus himself is, and the unique mission that the church fulfills in the lives of her members, but really in, in the life of the world. 
it's hard when everybody's claiming to be above average. It's it's hard <laughs> to claim this ground as uh, as unique in, in human life and and human history. But that really is at the heart of the gospel and at the heart of, of our understanding of why Jesus has has come and why he has established uh, the church. We don't say that in an arrogant way or or to try to say we're you know we're better than everybody else or that we take pride of place you know in, in the human community in a worldly way. But it really is the truth about Jesus and, and, and the truth about us, that this is a unique expression of, of God's communication about himself and about uh, who we are as his people. One of the issues raised, uh, the Pope points out, and you know, others have said this too, but the internet, the web, is a, quote, source of knowledge and relationships that were once unthinkable. Uh, however, in terms of the profound transformations technology has brought to bear on the process of production, distribution, and use of content, Many experts also highlight the risks. And he says one of those risks is particularly for young people is that they can think that the social network communities are totally sufficient for having an actual social environment. And he says social network communities are not automatically synonymous with community. It's widely commented on, but I think it's, it's worth uh, highlighting in, the, in, in this context. God creates us for community, sort of wired as as social beings, and so that's a need, a, des- a desire that we all have. Sometimes we're real conscious of it, sometimes oh, we're not, but, it, but it's always there. So uh, it seems like since original sin, there are no unmixed blessings in this world, so we have the, the social communication which seems to, to connect us very easily uh, with people that we already know and love and, and care about and uh, others you know, far and, uh, far and wide. So at, at first uh, glance and at first experience, it seems like a very powerful expression of, of this need for community and of uh, participation. But it can quickly become, and, and I think many people experience it this way, it, it can become sort of all-absorbing. And even though we, we find ourselves maybe getting deeper into the communication or getting connected to more people or clicking several dozen times you know, to get farther <laughs> down a, a track on a, on, a, on a particular topic, it, it's really becoming more superficial at that point. And it's, it becomes a kind of a medication uh, or a drug, you might say, that temporarily salves this need for community, which is really a deep and beautiful thing, seems to, to fulfill that, but can actually become a very isolating experience. We know that the devil is always at work in whatever the circumstances to, to isolate us and to even help twist something that, that in the beginning seems to be very good and can be, you know, can, can be used for communication and for building up real communities. Uh, at the same time, these days, often it becomes a, a source of, of isolation. It's become kind of a cliche example, but if, you know, the family going out to dinner and everybody, the par- each of the parents and all the kids with their devices, you know, so they're not really enjoying a communal meal in a, tr- in a traditional sense. And in a sense that we would think would sort of build up the, mm-hmm. the life of the family and build each other up, uh, increase their knowledge and love of one another. But instead, they're, they're parts of other communities, these virtual communities perhaps, which most cases don't care about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and here we have this community that God himself has established of the family where we it's a struggle sometimes, but we hope to be able to understand and, and care for one another that, that really is not being experienced and appreciated. Yeah, it strikes me that being, quote, present or virtually present everywhere means in reality we're, we're not totally present anywhere in any moment. Yeah. That's the challenge of having one of those computers in my pocket is yeah. that I, I always have that, that possibility of being somewhere else and other than where I really am. Many of us have had the experience of being in meetings, you know, where we're, we've made a, a decision to come to the meeting and maybe many people have made an effort to be there. 
and we're, we hope we're uh, trying to discuss something that, that has some significance. But one or other of the people at the table is either, you know, very openly or, or sometimes under the table, but everybody <laughs> knows what's happening, is, I don't know what doing about checking email or reading jokes or something. But uh, anyway, they're not, presumably not connected with the rest of us. Mm-hmm. They're physically present, but, but not really there. So in that case, you know, instead of being able to have a respectful and coherent conversation and experience and maybe even disagreements, having to ha- hash through things, we have some members around the table that are only partially present. So really, community is not enhanced or, or deepened, but, but actually weakened. I had a friend who was talking about this, that we constantly have this temptation to, to not address our boredom. Because as you said, we have this drug, this drug we can take to superficially address it. But as soon as there's something boring, and I'll see this particularly in, well, I have friends and I've seen it in myself and I know the temptation, but, oh, there's a lull. Well, let's just check the phone. And it it becomes habitual. Yeah, we reach for it almost reflexively. Right. And uh, let's see what's, see if anybody's communicating with me or if I can, can, what's the news? What can I, you know, what's changed in the last five minutes (laughs) that I really need to catch up on? Right. Yeah, what's on fire? Nothing yeah. usually, but <laughs> that I can do anything about anyway. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I'm uh, an older person at, at this point, and and so you <laughs> know, it's easy some. to kind of get older than some. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm older than some for sure, and and it's easy to get cranky, you know, about newfangled <laughs> things. So I appreciate my phone and and my iPad. It makes some some things easy uh, for me in the work that I do, and in a in an archdiocese where we have you know way over two hundred thousand people, and we're far flung. Uh, to, to stay connected, to be able to travel around, but also to, to, to be connected with people in other places or back in, in the office or at headquarters. That's a, that's a helpful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I see it as a, as a mixed blessing. There's some, just some helpful quotes here that are, uh, I think the, the Pope has some, some insights about. So he talks about the image of the body and the members and uh, reminds us that, quote, the use of the social web is complementary to an encounter in the flesh that comes alive through the body, heart, eyes, gaze, breath of the other. So if the net is used as an ex- extension or expectation of such an encounter, then the network concept is not betrayed and it remains a source for communion. So if this image that he's talking about of a network is, is, uh, is actually a network of persons, if, we're, if it facilitates a real relationship, as you were just saying. So he says, if a church community coordinates its activity through the network and then celebrates the Eucharist together, then it is a resource. I found that interesting because there's there's so much we could digest that's content, even if it's good, you know, Catholic stuff or pious things or, re, you know, we could read and look at images or movies or whatever. But if it doesn't somehow draw back to an actual physical meeting place with these persons, then it's not really that resource that it should be. Anyway, that, I thought that was pretty provocative. Yeah, I, I think of a, gr- a great example of it. I, I went to a, attended a family wedding in Ohio last um, summer. And so there was lots of communication at a time about, my participation in the ceremony and, mm-hmm. you know, with the bride and groom and their parents and some, who's going to pick me up the airport. And then the per- when I landed, the person texted me, you know, and I, we connected there and they drove me the hour to the, to the wedding and all that. But, but it was, there was, so there was lots of electronic communication and, you know, looking at flight schedules and all that sort of thing, but all leading up to this great coming together of people. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just me. There were a lot of other people coming from out of town and, and from close by that, you know, were communicating over the, in the weeks before the, the event, but the whole point was for us all to get together yeah. and to share the joy of the couple being married, to celebrate the being participate in the mass uh, with them, to to be in communion with Jesus Christ at the moment of that that sacrament was initiated, you know, in uh, mm-hmm. in, in that mass. So it, it was very convenient and great 
you know, kind of built up the anticipation of the of actually being together and made it all work. Uh, people coming from a lot of different different places. It wouldn't have been the same mm-hmm. if I would have said, well, you know, I I'm just going to st- sit at the airport and catch up on the news or, or <laughs> right. on my email or something, and you know, in the end, didn't actually be there. You know, wasn't there, didn't get to see everybody, didn't didn't get to enjoy the the fellowship and and the communion. So I think all of us have that experience. It can it can help us towards real human society, uh, real human communion, or it can keep us uh, from that. As I said earlier, that it's a, that's a mixed blessing like, like so many other things. So mm-hmm. we have to be intentional about, about how, how we use it. And because, it's so, because it absorbs us so much, just because by the nature of it, and for many of us, again, older, older people, it's maybe beyond anything we've experienced earlier in life, you know, mm-hmm. something that, that is so um, all-encompassing. Uh, we have to step back every so often, and like I'm doing with you now, we just sort of reflect on uh, on, on what what is this, what is this tool, and mm-hmm. how do I use it, not only for my own good, but as a member of the body of Christ to deepen the bonds of communion, uh, and, or to prepare for those moments when those bonds will be strengthened and and deepened. So it's it's very good in that sense, but seen as an end in itself, it most probably will work against communion. Just one practical point as a, as a dad with small kids, when I grew up, these weren't ubiquitous. I actually learned to type on a typewriter, so <laughs> I'm still one of those weirdos. But it's different for, for our kids' generation. These little glowing rectangles are everywhere. Which is one minor thing that was a, a friend of ours uh, uh, suggested to us. It was just about a point of awareness. And I think that's the, what we're talking about, is to you know, take to prayer or whatever. It's not to become a Luddite and say, smash all the technology and get rid of it. But to ask, well, what place does it have in my relationship with these people and with my family? Um, so just one simple thing, when I get home after work or where we're getting ready for dinner, uh, we started asking, okay, well, where do we put our phones? They're not at the table. They're not in our pockets. They're over there on that counter in the other room. So if somebody really needs to get a hold of us, we can still, we will hear it buzz or whatever, that's mm-hmm. fine. But just so that it's not uh, an ever-present possible distraction from the conversation with the kids. Simple thing, but... It's been really fruitful for us to have that, as you said, you know, be helped in that way by our friends and the rest of our community to say, what, what is this? What is this for? What is the good? To that end, we, <laughs> so a little bit of a plug, but over the past five, six months, as we've been preparing for Unite, uh, Arch Omaha Unite, which is another key moment of actually coming together, we wanted to offer to parishes is a thing called Flock Note. Uh, it was designed by some faithful Catholics years ago, and they wanted to give perishes this opportunity. Here's all this technology that's blossoming everywhere. Well, what about giving to parishes the ability to text or email their members? So simple stuff. It's not trying to give you more cat memes to sort through in your inbox or whatever, but uh, I guess somebody could use it that way. It's designed specifically for this to like try to build community and to drive people back to that place of meeting. So if your parish isn't using it and it sounds interesting, uh, you can always give us, a, you know, send us an email at the Archdiocese, communications at archomaha.org, or if you have questions about that. Uh, but that's one of the things we've been trying to help parishes adopt if they're interested and to help connect to their members. Mm-hmm. Right. In anticipation of the Arch Omaha Unite event in, in June, we're trying to take advantage of as many means of communication as, as are available. And as you, as you mentioned, the flock note, to maybe initiate using some tools that, that we'll be able to continue using right. to, to go to effect after uh, that, that event is, uh, is over. So I really I appreciate that. We have to live in the world we're living in. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to communicate the gospel, the, uh, the saving message of Jesus, introduce people to him, we, we have to be in the place where 
people are communicating, and we, we hope listening. It's a little harder, you know. You can uh, we can imagine, you know, in the in the first century, the word goes out in the town that a letter has come from St. Paul. Everybody, right. <laughs> everybody's really excited, and and because not everybody's gotten a letter, right? And they're not getting certainly not getting one from him. So every day. But we are flooded with communication, so we have we need to be there where the communication is taking place, and continue to look for the ways to make that uh, communication uh, unique. It's important for you and and uh, and me, for those of us who work in the archdiocese, for example, in the, in the administration, to to understand the best ways to to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. But I just encourage those who are listening. To remember that communication has two parts. The other part is somebody's got to be receiving it and be ready to receive it. Because there's, we're flooded with so much communication and so much information, those of us who want to continue to grow in faith and want to remain connected to, to the community of believers have to be looking for uh, the communication that, that's being offered. And there is lots of great electronic communication, uh, great in terms of content, mm-hmm. it's interesting, or great in terms of, you know, of good information, but it is kind of coming at us in the same gush as, as everything else. So that we need to be uh, you know, intentional in terms of finding the best tools for, for communication, but we all also have to be intentional in terms of, of looking to receive things that are really good and wholesome, you might say, in terms of leading us into a deeper communion with the Lord and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and with his people. I find sometimes, you know, when there's a, well, maybe it's a crisis in the church or maybe some other kind of Maybe a disaster somewhere in the world, something you know that's that's newsworthy. That I get kind of entangled in just trying to find out more information about it. And there's a certain amount of information, but somebody's got another spin on it, and then people start gossiping about it. And it's easy to, to just get ensnared in that chatter, that electronic uh, communication, so-called. But it, often it can be gossip or or speculation, or even it can be angry or or, or divisive. And I've had to reflect, and I'm happy the Holy Spirit has helped me uh, do this, that, that I'm really not finding Jesus there. And to, to keep just going down a path of trying to get more information or another take on something, whether it's within the church or, or, or somewhere else, can suck up a lot of my time and, and energy to, to no good purpose, really. So if we're looking for Jesus, those of us who've already encountered him and know him and who want to be close to him, I think we could do well to examine ourselves when we examine our consciences or examine our lives over, over a certain period to see if some of the time that, that we're spending in the, a communication is not necessarily evil in itself. So I'm, that's another whole category, but just something that, that consumes my, my time and my, uh, my attention, uh, that I'm not being a good steward then of my time and, and attention. And there's, I may owe that to my family. I may owe that to, to the Lord in prayer. I may owe it to just some other kind of more productive study or, or work. Back to what we were saying before, to be intentional mm-hmm. about everything that we use. The Lord tells us things are entrusted to us as stewards, and we have to give an account of how we use them. If it hasn't been in, in your prayer, dear listener, yet, here's an opportunity to, to ask for that, that greater awareness, because I think, yeah, I think you're right. It can be very subtle how these habits get ingrained, and, and the tools all around us and the channels that uh, are available to us are designed to foster that kind of habit, right? That sort of endless spiral of <laughs> digging through the comment box and whatever else, or the final word in that, uh, the world communications day document from, from the Pope, he says that, uh, the church is a network woven together by Eucharistic communion. We're a network too, uh, where unity is based not on likes, but on the truth, on the amen by which each one clings to the body of Christ and welcomes others. 
we talk about the, the Eucharistic liturgy as the source and summit of our Catholic life and, and experience. So everything that we do throughout the week uh, should either be deepening our desire for the Eucharist and, and helping us be drawn more deeply into the community of believers, closer to the Lord. And then uh, as we are sent forth from that, the kind of communication that, that we're involved in should be re- really announcing the gospel, which is the, the purpose our be- of our being dismissed from the Mass a- after having celebrated the Eucharist and, and participating, participating in communion. Mm-hmm. We could talk about any activity, really, in, in that sure. context, but, but in this case, social media, social communication. If it's, really, if it's just distracting us or numbing us or, or uh, whatever, not leading us to the Lord and really deepening a, a desire for, tr- for true communion, then I think that's a warning sign uh, for us that maybe we're overdoing it or, or misusing it, perhaps. Again, it's a, it can be a great tool. We all can recount experiences where it really has brought us closer to others or helped instruct us in our, in our faith and has drawn us into the bonds of communion in the church a little more deeply. So we need to just commit ourselves to use it that way and to um, invite the help of the Holy Spirit for, the, for that kind of uh, guidance. Amen. Thank you, Archbishop. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice, a podcast of the Archdiocese of Omaha. For more information, visit archomaha.org slash podcast.